Warning, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are based on psychic impressions and true life events that may be potentially frightening and or disturbing to some viewers. Any of the information that is shared in this production should not replace the advice of medical professionals and is intended for general purposes only. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey, Chastity. Yes? What is the name of this recording? Come to the light side. We have monsters. Energy drinks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm jacked up on coffee, and Emily's jacked up on monsters. She doesn't get to have that often, so mm-hmm. stay tuned for a wild ride. Yeehaw. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> So hello everyone. My name is Chastity, aka Luna Beams, and I am Emily, the fine art medium. Yes, and we are two mediums that specialize in the paranormal. Our purpose is to shed light on what goes bump in the night. And that's why we call this podcast Lights at Midnight. So today we will be talking about benevolent beings. In today's episode, we will be ascending up the vibrational chart, and that is a pun intended, into the fourth part of our mini-series, an exploration into the diversity of spiritual realms, with an introduction to what many refer as benevolent, higher vibrational beings, and we'll chat about their role in our human existence. We will dive into information regarding the benevolent being, spirit itself, and what that means to us as mediums, and the very broad subject of spiritual guides. And we'll explain these topics through our own perceptional experiences and basically with the knowledge that we have gained along the way. So we've tried to do our best to break down this subject into clearly defined categories, based on certain parameters that we have set for ourselves, just like in the last two episodes, when we discussed malevolent or dark spirits. We will get into those parameters shortly, and if you haven't checked out part one, two, or three of this mini-series within the first season of course and the by the way we haven't talked about this in a while I don't we don't advertise it enough but this is the origin season so we're really getting into the grit of everything and our experiences and other people's experiences so you really can start at the beginning of this season and work your way straight through or you can just pick up any episode and still probably get some information uh, that would be interesting or that you're looking for. So you will be able to follow along with this episode if you have not, you know, seen or heard the last two. So before we jump into today's topic, Em and I, we want to talk about some of our supernatural experiences that we have had in the last week or two. So Em, what do you have for us on this week's episode? Oh, yeah, this one's a fun one. Okay, so like three days ago, all right, I had an astral realm experience and it included our friend Kristen. So hi, Kristen. Hey, girl. Hey. And she messaged me the other day asking me about it because she, you know, remembered it too. (laughs) So I thought that was really cool. But anyway, in this experience, we were like, hiking 
or some shit going on there and we were in this wooded or foresty area and we were hiking and camping and we set up camp and I remember getting in the tent with her helping her set up and we were talking and you know we spent the night in separate tents and then we had to get up but then like during the daytime when we were continuing to continue forward um it was like we had the forest and then everything in front of us was dead like all the plant life was gone and it was like a huge transition from plant life to nothing and we worked our way up like this cliff boulder thing and I remember having to cross this really narrow rock like cliff path it almost reminded me of like a like one of the rickety bridges where it's like you're really high up and if you bust through you're gonna die kind of thing minus like the wooden bridge it was just pure rock and I remember it being so like narrow and I'm afraid of heights so like that that doesn't work for me too well (laughs) and you know I remember walking on there really slowly there's a guy in front it's me Kristen and then another guy at her back and I remember giving her something it looked like a tool or a weapon and I just remember it was long and black and (laughs) and I said something to her obviously I don't remember what and we just continued going so then it kind of cuts off there and that's where the experience ends but then so the next day she messaged me she was like hey I had this dream and you were in it and she started like talking about it and then like I finished her sentences and shit and I was like yo is this what happened and she was like holy crap it is what happened and I was like holy crap this is so cool yeah that is pretty neat that is Mm -hmm. crazy yeah it's crazy how that happens sometimes so it was really more than a dream it was an astral experience mm-hmm. and there was some lessons and tra- I feel like there's a transformation happening um within like her spiritual experience right now so it's yeah. really cool that you know you were a part of that and when you told me about this earlier this week I see this bridge I saw one of those like swinging bridges and I don't know I don't know if you mentioned that but I don't it just mm-hmm. came to me in like a vision so whatever it was it was really important in my opinion yeah I just don't remember why we were like on this mission and what the mission was yeah I think it will unfold and it's fair to say that this isn't the first like experience that we have shared together and that's Mm -hmm. me Em, and Kristen and it all happened at different times and hopefully uh, we'll have her coming on at some point during this season and We'll probably share that experience all together because it was really, really, really weird. Oh, yeah. With the, yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, Yeah, the house. Mm -hmm. That was freaky. That one is like imprinted in my mind and I'll never forget it. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty gnarly. Uh, It was scary. And, but anyways, anything else you want to share that you had happen this week? Um, no, I mean, other than just dream and, actual experiences i didn't have any like crazy crazy ones that i would share because otherwise we'd be here for a year and a half right but so chastity did you have any you wanted to share 
Yeah, so mine pretty much happened in the physical this week. So at the beginning of the week, I was at my friend's house and we had went down into his basement to hang out and they have like couches and stuff set up and there's these older windows. I believe the house was built in like the 60s so it's not a terribly old house it's a rancher style style house with like a basement that is the size of the house full basement and the windows are right above ground and they're pretty big to be basement windows and basically we're just sitting there chatting and I will say that when I've gone down there before because I'll go down there to have a cigarette because they don't smoke upstairs so I have always felt like sometimes something's watching me from these windows I'm gonna just um, pre preface or preface whatever you want to call it preface with this um, I always feel like somebody could just walk by at any moment and stare in there or I felt like in the past somebody has well, we're just sitting there chatting, and basically, he looks at me, and he's like, and then dead-ass serious, he's like, I just saw something big, tall, and black just standing in front of the window, and it was nighttime, so when you're sitting on these couches, it's a love seat and a couch, and they are, the love seat's facing the window, the couch is like, um, you know, facing away from it, so I'd have to turn and look at the window, and he was like dead ass serious and it spooked him out a little bit because he said that you know all he saw was like a tall figure so when you're looking out the window it's just a little bit of the grass you see you see the neighbor's house and then you see mostly night sky and in my mind's eye I see like long tall black legs you know it freaked him out enough I mean we wasn't like scared scared you know it's like whatever at this point but we decided to go ahead and go back on upstairs because we had you know, I'd finished my cigarette or whatever, and we went back upstairs. Well, we didn't think too much of it. It was a little creepy. Went on about my business. I went and visited visited him, like, uh, maybe a day or two later. I think it was actually the next day, because I go hang out with him uh, quite a bit and stuff like that to get out of the house and everything. Well, we um, are getting ready to leave, and this time, actually, I'd went well, my daughter was with me this time because I normally won't take the children uh, with me, you know, later, but it was earlier in the day. It was like right as it got dark or whatever. So I had uh, my youngest daughter with me from going to the store and <laughs> I go to leave and I open the door. Everything's fine. Nothing's, you know, odd. She's in front of me and I hear this noise like footsteps and I'm thinking like, hmm, because I've seen loose animals i've seen a coyote which i'm not sure if it was a coyote or a red wolf because it was bigger than a coyote and evidently where i live we have red wolves uh, and they had just tore down a bunch of land to start developing it into apartments or like housing or whatever and i hear like footsteps and i didn't think much of it and i, I look because there's like a one of those carports that just have a tin roof um and no sides that you park under in front of the door about five feet six feet in front of the door and when I look, I don't see anything. I'm like, that's strange. And then all of a sudden I hear like something running towards us in the grass. And I don't mean like just footsteps like a human. I'm talking about all fours and it skittered. It was like skittering. Um, I don't know what it was, but mama bear instinct kicked in and my child had a coat on and I literally grabbed her and 
pulled her inside the house and slammed the door because it sounded like whatever this was got right up on me, but I didn't see a thing. They, I mean, and the car that was parked there is like a little 1992 tricked out Honda. It's one of those two-door hatchback Hondas. So they're, and it's really low. He lowered it. It's really low to the ground. And yeah, it was really, really freaky. I don't know what it was. I didn't see anything. It honestly sounded like it was moving so fast that if it was moving that fast, if it had four legs, it could have had eight. I don't know what it was. At first, I thought it was an animal. I can't rule that out, but also, like, there is a street light right there. It's not pitch dark. I can see the whole yard, even at night, because there is literally a street light in his yard. Um, so, that was a little terrifying, and, you know, it, it scared my daughter so bad. Like, she was upset all the way home. So that was more of like my paranormal experiences for this week. You know, I'm seeing something with like, you know how animals' eyes catch the light sometimes and they like shine? Yeah. I'm seeing that and I see really tall ears and it's black. Yeah, I'm I'm not happy about it. Um, now, this not uncommon for something to be around there i've seen black full shadows like following people out in the yard there i've seen things in the house before it's I, I mean i've seen quite a few things in this area and this is a historic area where i live there was settlements here um from way back in the day and they're actually like like little town museums i'll just leave it at that because i don't really want to give away his area but yeah there is history here and there's flowing water right across the street and there's just it could be anything you know so you probably don't know what naruto is but some of our viewers or listeners might but he gives me karama vibes which is the uh the nine-tailed fox beast thing that's in naruto Ooh. like but minus all the tails it looks like the chill form of it but black and glowing eyes. And I'm wondering if it's a spirit of the forest or the, it's like, because it's home got destroyed. Yes. I feel like it's going to be pissed. And now it's like, it kind of also reminds me of Avatar The Last Airbender, where you have that big, I don't know if it was like a um, panda bear, it was like that panda bear looking thing of the forest, and when the forest burnt down, it got pissed off, and it was a guardian spirit of the forest, and it became very dark and nasty, because its home was destroyed, and it's giving me that vibe, but with the Karama look. Yeah, it's very possible, because I thought about that too, because... You know, I don't feel like it was associated with what I've seen inside of the house and mm. around certain people. Um, but it does feel like, you know, it come from the woods. Like, I literally mm -hmm. was thinking about that. So, I, I feel you on that. I really do. Because it doesn't feel like, it feels like charging. Like, mm. I can literally hear the grass moving as, like, there's, as it's charging. It, like, it did. It, like, I heard it, like, <laughs> Yeah, and then when I tried exactly to look it. and I was like looking directly at where I heard the noise and me being who I am and seeing the things that I see, I could technically be a threat to it. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And it literally charged me because, you know, like people that 
haven't tapped into their extrasensory perception probably wouldn't even perceived it. But I even asked my daughter though, and she said, I heard it after, she, I mean, she's little, don't get me wrong. She's like, mama, I didn't hear it. She said, but I heard something after you shut the door, like go away from the door. So it like comes straight through a car. Mm -hmm. Like there was a car in front of me and it sounded like it was right there. So I'm assuming this was more so um, a psychic experience than it was actually anything else, to be 100% honest. Yeah, because it feels animalistic mm -hmm. in the way where it's like sometimes you'll have animals charge you if you go into their territory. Mm -hmm. And it's not because they're evil or anything. It's just their natural defense. And that's what it feels like. Yeah, this thing, I, I think that... I can resonate with some of that, but I think this thing had intentions. I, I mm -hmm. feel like it, it was intentional. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but somehow, you know, it, it wasn't just like out in the yard hanging out because no. of what happened the night before. Like it was looking in on us. Oh, I You're, see. Yeah. But I think it was connected or something it might not have been but it's just odd that he points out seeing it and then the next night i go out the door and get charged and i'm in a vulnerable moment as well i'm vulnerable in a way that i have my child with me so that's just it's odd like because you know normally when i go hang out with my friend it's just to get out of the house and have a little time away because i don't I don't normally get out so you know and we're pretty good friends i'll go see him for an hour or two and just say hello because i you know i've um hung out with him for a couple years now and i normally don't have her with me or more than that really but it's just odd i don't know i feel like it's connected but it might not be it might be something totally different mm -hmm. well you know how people can create poltergeists and stuff from negative energy yes. what if like you have animals their home is destroyed and now they're all that chaotic energy created that it could uh, it could have and it's interesting because i've seen uh negative created entities walk behind uh certain people that have come and visited them there mm -hmm. and that were related to them but not like and not like close family related like extended family related so yeah there's no telling you know, mm -hmm. I can't really talk about everything uh, yeah, publicly, yeah. you know, but I will say that there has been some of that type of activity too. Yeah. So it is just weird. It could be, it could be. I do resonate though with the fact that it could be from the woods. Mm -hmm. Like it could be from that area because it is sad. Like the whole time they were cutting down the trees and I would visit or whatever, you can just smell the like pine resin. And it, even though it smelled kind of well, but then I was like, that's the smell of tree death, you know, and that just mm -hmm. depressed me. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds strange, but you know, yeah, it just, it really did. So maybe that same depressive feeling is how the land feels because I'm impressionable as it is. So. Well, we'll get to that when we start talking about <laughs> certain spirits right i feel you yeah it's a good actually that was a very good transition mm -hmm. but yeah that pretty much sums up my weekly experiences that i would like to share so i guess we'll go ahead and talk about the parameters we have set for 
this episode as well as the next episode. So similar to our previous episodes in this mini-series, we want to set some parameters we feel can help us better explain this topic. So the statements that we make are very much based on perception and based on what we have learned over time. We realize that these views and opinions will not apply to everyone. So this is just our own personal understanding and the views that are shared by others as well. Second, I would just, just like in the last episode in the series, we have chosen to narrow down these topics since we cannot cover everything in just a couple podcast episodes. We have strived to give y'all a good variety of information that is useful in terms of benevolent spirits. So we will try to do our best, but we are going to try to keep it to a minimum in a way because we would be here for a whole season you could make a whole season about stuff just like this third since we are doing our best to try and follow the vibrational scale that we discussed in episode nine the frequency duality and dimensions is which is actually the first episode in the mini series we realize certain things like angels deities and gods can be considered spirit gods but we will only be briefly discussing their role because we are going to go more in depth into those things in the next episode. So, and we're trying to stick to the vibrational parameters we have set, you know, the scale. We're trying to create a scale in a way. So they can, you know, they considered to be existing at higher vibrational realms and more, they can access more dimensions and all that. So we're going to talk more about that in the following episode and we have chosen to use some terms to help us explain as well as rank these things so to speak and that basically we'll be starting with ourselves and moving outwards and we're going to get into the definition of the inner web of spirit guides and the outer web of spirit guides so this is um, going to be part of the spirit guide part of this episode and we have based our interpretation of spiritual gods more so on current Western beliefs and practices. We will kind of intermingle some other things, but the term spirit guide varies across different cultural backgrounds and perceptions. Some people even say that there are spirit guides that can be present for themselves uh, that come from the underworld or from the shadow side and where they kind of work uh, through their own shadow and shadow work. And since we have moved on to what most consider high vibrational beings, we will not be covering any type of shadow spirit guides in this episode. So although that does exist and, you know, certain people work with those particular beings or entities we will not be you know getting into that but it does bring up an interesting topic maybe we can discuss in the future so that's the end for parameters so we're just going to move right along with everything and you can think of the first part uh, of this well it's actually like the fourth but it's going to be the first part of what we're referring to as benevolent beings is a foundational explanation of our own personal understanding of what benevolent beings are and why and what we consider spirit to be so you may hear psychics say the word like spirit a lot we're going to touch on that briefly as well and we also have added a little information about the astral realm 
later on in the episode. So hopefully this episode will set the, set the stage as we travel up the tier of higher vibrational beings. So that leads us to basically defining benevolent beings. And Emily is going to talk to you guys a little bit more about that. Yep, or doodles. So benevolent spirits or beings are high frequency and positive and vibration that uplift and spread love and or healing energy to other sentient beings. They can do this through several methods such as but not limited to teaching lessons, training, protection, overall guidance, direct information downloads, energy healing, etc. Obviously there's probably a bunch more things that they do but for the sake of the episode these are just general examples. These spirits usually dwell in a higher plane of existence, though they frequent the astral realm as to be able to communicate with other guides and sentient beings along with those they are helping. If you don't know what the astral realm or the astral plane is, it is a plane of existence where spirits reside, dead or alive. There are an infinite number of layers within it. Time does not flow the same as it does here on the earth plane, Physical and emotional senses are amplified by becoming astral or metaphysical senses that register through energetic vibrations. This is where your clair abilities come into play, aka clairsentience or feeling, clairvoyance or seeing, clairaudience, hearing, claircognizance, knowing, clairsalience, smelling, clairgustance, tasting, clairtangency, touching, etc., it is also easier to manifest thoughts, desires, and outcomes. It is important to note that entities lower in vibration are the most accessible and easiest to come into contact with, which is why it is always important to practice spiritual defense and become good at discernment. And this is because, you know, the astral plane is kind of like the closest, I mean, in my opinion, to our earth plane, which is like lower in vibration. Right. I would like to add, though, wouldn't you say, and I, you might get to this, wouldn't you say that we would consider, I guess, the lower vibrational, since it's mirrored the lower vibrational, it might be harder to contact some of the most, what we referred to in the first, or the first episode of the malevolent spirits, the diabolical, those that fit, would you say that it would be harder to connect and contact them because a lot of times when people try to do that they end up with something that's like this is confusing higher on the vibrational scale but still low vibrational mm -hmm. yeah because it's a mirror effect so it's going to be like the like they're going to try to contact the worst of the worst but because it's so like low down uh -huh. it's harder to get yeah yeah and especially being like um in a state of sadness so if mm -hmm. you're if your vibration or your frequency is you're depressed it's a lot easier to have something like that come into your life and it's not always paranormal activity but i just wanted to ask and see um yeah i'm glad you said it because i forgot to put it in my notes that's okay no worries i just felt like it's important to state like if you want to some people want to work with you know demonic entities what we would consider demonic entities because of the benefits that they feel they will receive but a lot of times you might not get that particular spirit because it does work differently 
from the malevolent scale to the benevolent scale. There's certain differences, and we'll get into that later because that's not that's not this episode. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> All good. So to continue, there are many types of benevolent spirits. For example, there are gods, deities, angels, spirit guides, ascended masters, spirit comrades, etc. Chas and I will be getting into some of these spirits as listed previously. But, like, for example, angels and stuff will be in the next episode. So that is what I have for benevolent spirits. And Chastity, did you want to define what we mean by when we're saying spirit this, spirit that? Yeah, like the information. So I figured this would be a good time for people that do not know or would like to understand more about when you hear somebody say like spirit says or I've got my information from spirit because it's a little different. So basically it's the collective energy from the other side that consists of our own gods and other spiritual beings uh, passed on people that assist us in the practice of being a psychic or psychic medium, uh, psychics can still perceive those energies, but to be a psychic medium, they say you have to actually be able to communicate back and forth. So mediums, um, you know, there it's a little bit different than just being a psychic. You can get psychic impressions and intuition, but what makes you a medium is when you are able to actually carry out somewhat of a conversation. It's not quite like a conversation. <laughs> And this can happen knowingly or unknowingly too. Like the information you can think are your own thoughts, but they actually end up coming from spirit. And when you learn how to discern that information, you're able to tap into the other side. So a lot of people, you know, are trying to work on their own psychic abilities. So that's, that's one, I know that sounds confusing, but you know, oh, is this my own thought or is this thought from spirit or is this an influence thought we talk about that a little bit throughout this season we already have but it's just one of the most valuable points I can say is like once you learn the difference and the frequency and stuff it makes it a lot easier for you to communicate so one of the things is about when we use the blanket term of spirit is we of course have our own spiritual team which we'll discuss more shortly hereafter and they are guides that not only help psychics and mediums but all of us we refer to this as spirit when we are communicating messages from the other side via our extra perceptual senses so and as mediums we also refer to the information we receive from other spirits that are not of our own spiritual team or spirit guides as spirit as well so it's it's not just like i was saying it's not just from your team and actually it couldn't actually translate from your team from the other spirit that you're communicating with let's say you're practicing mediumship you know or you want to your spirit guide team can actually help get that spirit for you or whatever. So when we basically, when, you know, we use the word spirit, it's used interchangeably between both of our own spirit guides and the other spirits we communicate with. So I just wanted to add that in uh, for those that may not know. I know that might be elementary to some, but, you know, it's just a good little way to kind of differentiate the two. So I don't know, Emily, if you, it's how you experience it, because we, everybody experiences it differently, but mm-hmm. we experience it through, you know, if you're 
main thing is like you just know things you know that means that if you're working on your abilities that's clear cognizant that's the strongest way you communicate therefore that would be the way that you would want to start on your spiritual journey mm-hmm. is through your strongest ability i would say emily your strongest ability is you know clairsentient did you start to have how did your journey start was it straight through your clairsentience since you're so strongly associated with that or what actually happened for you so for me it all started astrally like so I would have okay it's weird it it kind of happened multiple different things at the same time so I would have these astral experiences but then I would also be hearing things and um I would just feel sick all the time which I didn't know at the time that it had to do with the dark stuff trying to mess with me but being sick all the time and feeling that hearing sounds and stuff while simultaneously having astral realm experiences and psychic attacks and I would also it's kind of like clairvoyance too because I would see stuff at the same time with like how I would receive information and um it was very much bam, bam, bam for you. Like yeah. It was like one after another and I'd be like, what the fuck? But yeah. I feel like the most like in your face kind of situation was the astral attacks and I would be bam, astral realm and then be attacked. Right. And so your situation is just an, is one example of how people get into this work. Some people don't have those experiences at all and they actually, you know, me and you kind of got thrown into it, but that's not everybody's experience. And I think that's important to note because people can't expect that. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. too, when you're clairsentient and you're someone that absorbs negative energy and you get sick, it's hard to connect those dots as to like why you're getting sick. Cause you don't um, like think that, oh, it's because of negative entities or th- anything. You just think you're sick. Right. And it's important, I think, to note for you, too, is like you you had been sick for a long time, even before your psychic abilities kicked in. So you could have been picking up, you know, stuff like energy in your body, the clairsentience for a long time before you really started having psychic experiences that you were aware of. And that's how it was for me. I had claircognizance for a long time. Like I've told you all, I knew that I could get information, but it just wasn't like in my present thoughts it wasn't like apparent to me so I thought that was kind of important you will experience your spirit guides it's one thing is like most commonly you'll experience your spirit guides first through your strongest psychic sense that's very common does it always happen that way not so much but I just wanted to say that yeah and as far as clear cognizance like For me, that one is one of the hardest ones because you always question like, oh, was that just a thought I had or was it somebody else? But I'm learning and especially doing like my psychic research on this topic, I was receiving downloads and I knew they were downloads from Spirit because they were using words that I don't typically use in my vocabulary. Right. And that's a good sign. That Mm -hmm. is a good sign because I can go from, for me, that's kind of how it happens too. It's like, I'll just be talking normal. And then if I I have opportunity or I connect, I'll talk in a different way. 
the words just flow out differently. That happens a lot between like my common conversations and then we're like when I'm doing the podcast because I try to open myself up to allow spirit to work through me to say things that I normally wouldn't just say. You could probably Emily could probably tell you the difference in me just talking to talk and me actually channeling because mm -hmm. she's heard it. She's yeah. heard it. It's like a different it's not necessarily a different person. It it comes on as like a different intellect. Not to say that I'm like a dummy talking it's just different I don't know how to the energy it. is different though too for you like when you're channeling I can feel the difference right it's That's like it's like a more calm slower but I don't know how to describe it it's like slower but but you say things fast fluent it's it's like a fluent thing. yeah and yeah, that's, that's I noticed when I was like because I was writing my notes and then I would just get these jumps of like aha moments but they weren't like my aha moments yeah but it was like fluid and I would just start ba -ba 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 boom writing things down I'm like oh shit lit yeah that's how it works. And, you know, a lot of people right now are trying their best to communicate with their guides and just know that, like, it's it's not always important to know what your guides look like or who they are. Like, but I know people are curious and it's hard, but, but I didn't really start getting information about my guides until later on. And I mean, I won't get too far into that, but like, I knew I was, I knew I had them and, but I didn't see them or like experience them for a long, I've experienced them just through my psychic senses and not actually like of who they are, or what they are. It's taken me a long time. I know M has had a different experience with that, but that mm -hmm. just goes to show you that, you know, not everybody's going to experience things in the same way when it comes to that and talking about spirit and spirit guides because the you know it's the difference well I think too I also have trust issues from all the attacks that I've had so mm -hmm. I'm was always like please show yourself so I can get familiar with you and your energy so like I don't get tricked because I've had negative entities trick me a lot and it made me smarter and pretty much now I question every spirit that comes through because my ass ain't getting tricked no more right Right. And I mean, it's just a valid, it's just a valid point to note really that, you know, we all experience it differently. Mm -hmm. So since we have just talked about spirit guides, M, would you like to define spirit guides for us and give us some basic info on those folks there that have ascended? <laughs> sure. So spirit guides are generally benevolent beings with a few exceptions, of course, which you kind of briefly touched upon. But, you know, for the sake of this episode, we are not going to be talking about those ones. But that have come to aid another in their learning and overall spiritual growth. They are usually higher in vibration and love energy and guide, protect, and help heal those that they are working with. There are multiple types of spirit guides based on the roles they play for an individual such as permanent and temporary spirit guides. Both can be decided before birth by other benevolent beings and can be a part of your soul plan. However, there are also temporary ones that were not chosen beforehand. Due to the law of free will, sometimes we make decisions not a part of our soul plan that may require the assistance of other benevolent guides. Regardless, temporary guides 
are only with us for a specific amount of time until we fulfill their lessons and requirements. This cycle can repeat multiple times, especially if you are adamant about learning as much as possible during this life cycle. Permanent spirit guides are usually always with us from birth until we die and even after death, sometimes. Their lesson plan can be predetermined and something that was discussed as a part of your soul plan or contract. Because spirit guides are a type of benevolent being, they can range in the type of spirit. So for example, you can have a human alive or dead, past relatives, ancestors, ascended masters, plant spirits or divas, animal spirits, spirit animals or totems, elementals, familiars, gods and deities, angels, starseeds, extraterrestrials, and at times thought forms, but there's a gray area with that. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, Em and I, we've broken down spirit guides into two parts, and I'm going to go ahead and kind of talk about that. So spirit really guided me to do this and the reason is we should break it up into two different groups for inner web and outer web so first let me start off with the fact that separation is an illusion we in fact are all connected in a spiritual sense and this is one of the very first lessons and downloads that spirit spirit gave me before i even started my psychic mediumship journey like it it i can't even really explain it it's like I would just get these downloads about information claircognizantly and thought, you know, thought forms and just all kinds of stuff, even visions about how we were all connected. And I think that it was an important step for me because spirit knew that my purpose was to help other people learn about this in different ways. And as humans, we are commonly separating things to help us better understand it and this process is really based on a very practical left brain way of thinking and I feel that it's important for us to talk about it separately because you know we're raised from children to think more practical and analytical the way the school system is most of us experienced um, being in a public school so we really weren't raised with a whole lot of creative right brain way of thinking and your right brain is where it said that you get your intuitive information from and your right brain governs your more abstract creative think uh, thinking collectively i feel that we lack inspiration to balance both our creative and logical thinking processes in the educational department and it gives us a disadvantage towards kind of learning about our spiritual side in a way because I think a lot of our spiritual stuff comes from the right side of the brain or that's where we process and can, can connect this type of information because I'm sure y'all have heard about you know more mathematical people or you know have better left brain functioning than right brain functioning and I definitely have always resonated with as a right brain type person because math is not my strong suit <laughs> so it's not to say that everyone should be one way or another but some of us just we're able to instead of us telling you the experience and just saying blah 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 then we're able to actually break it down into a 
structured way. So pretty much coming to the realization that we are not separated from one another and that our mind, body, and spirit functions best together. So I say all this before we explain the definitions that we've created, uh, just to kind of help you understand why we did it. So we have the inner web, which, and the outer web. So the inner web would be spirit guides that are located within your soul family or spiritual family that includes your higher self, past relatives, ancestors, and those that reincarnate with you throughout various lifetimes. This could also be referred to as a guide that is with you for the duration of your life here on earth. So the inner web of spirit guides are the ones that are like closest to you and closest to your vibrational you know, waves and your frequency. The outer web spirit guides are not related to you or within your immediate soul family. This could be spirit guides that are elemental, animal spirits, angelic, ascended masters, or deities. This is not to say that any of these beings could not be a part of your soul family. It just helps us break down the differences between the different types of spirit guides. Spirit really, really pushed me to divide this up so I listened, and I hope moving forward that this explanation in some way will be useful to those that need to hear it. I know not everybody retains information the same way, and that was the biggest message is like we all are different. Therefore, maybe we need to kind of break it up because for those that are still learning, you know, this might be helpful. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and start with the interweb. So... Firstly, I feel it would be best to start off with what can be considered the closest spirit guides to help us pretty much every day, whether we realize it or not. And that could be your higher self. So I chose higher self because that is the closest to us. The higher self is nothing more than you, even though it's separated from you in a way. It's not. The only separation is your physical body and it's still connected. The God that will always, you will always have access to is your higher self. And it's a part of our existence, our consciousness, and is deeply connected with the divine. This energy includes your thoughts and perceptions, your experiences of what you have done, what you're presently doing, as well as what you may do in the future. So think of it as like the Encyclopedia Britannica for you. And I really think as I sat here and I did, you know, a little research and was just kind of channeling in, in information, I really think that we connect with our higher self frequently on a daily basis. It's like the thoughts that you have. Like when you ask yourself a question and you get an answer back and you know it's not spirit, it technically like spirit it is, but it's not. It's your higher self. Like I come to that conclusion. Like it has to be because certain like for me especially the claircognizance part, I believe that I'm interacting with my higher part because I've talked about how I feel that our this is just a fraction of our, our earthly experience is just a fraction of our soul and the part of our soul that still needs to learn. And spirit basically gave me these words. The higher self is interwoven into the web of our past, present, and future lives, and it plays a role into 
this earthly realm experience. And it's all happening simultaneously. That's the crazy thing. And it's just, it's where, and, oh, and Spirit told me that it's where our intuition is rooted. Our intuition is rooted from our higher self. So I found that to be very interesting. I've never really thought about it that way. Might be evident to some people, but that's kind of what, you know, I got. And this would be going into past self and it's where your past lives or past self comes into play and your past lives are part of your higher self so even though it can be separated it's still really not it's all together and it can come in the forms of archetype guides and they archetypes are different types of i guess you could say traits and you think of like, you know, when you think of, of the queen, for example, you think of her grace and, you know, her majestic beauty and just what, she, what a queen represents. And then each archetype has a both positive and negative attribute. So depending on, you know, what you've learned and the archetypes from your lives before, like if you've, um, Maybe you were a queen in your past life. Well, maybe you embodied that type of archetype to get through an experience or just whatever it is you're doing when you're living your life. And it, it can reactivate um, strength and knowledge to maneuver through your present life. So past lives you have lived, can the experiences can be channeled in through your intuition as crazy as that sounds so that's kind of the information i was getting in between some of the research i did and stuff i found that to be fascinating next i have ancestors and ancestor spirit guides are those we knew through our physical lineage so basically your grandfathers grandmothers etc uh, uncles aunts they commonly come to us with to help with like experiences and tasks and the task that they may even have experienced in their lifetime, our ancestors will come and help us through it. And our ancestors kind of vibrationally, since we're part of the soul family, they all, we all kind of vibe together basically. And they will present themselves in times of need or even in things we want to learn that they have present previously learned or been through they will step in and help us. Um, one of the examples that I can give about an ancestor, and I don't know if you want to uh, give an example too, but I would just like to step in and say, you know, I have a guide that is a Native American woman. And, all, and Emily, you say you can see her like clear mm -hmm. as day. I see her, but I'm interested to see what you see. Because, I mean, I, of course, she has Native American features, but I'm so excited for when that time comes, because you said you were going to draw her out when you had time. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited or anything. But she works with me with my candle work and like herbs and stuff. I'm really wanting to get into herbalism and like learning how to make tinctures and stuff like that. But she helps me create different types of herbal candles to help people because I make candles for people when they want, if they have like a lot of anxiety or for protection or self-love or abundance whatever you know looking for their spiritual path whatever that may be 
I learned a little bit about the herbs and what they do and stuff. And I haven't completely retained it all. So I have my own collection of herbs and she helps me build these candles for people. She's like, and I hear it. I'll be like, what do I need next? And I'll hear it and I'll hear it. And I know it's her because I have a lot of Cherokee background, a Native American background. And I believe she was like medicine woman, shamanic, like, I don't know. I don't know exactly, but I know I kind of see her and she definitely does guide me. And she was one of my ancestors. Um, that would be my example of like an ancestral spirit guide. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about yours real quick? Well, I was going to say something really quick about yours. Okay. So you had a past life in Mesoamerica because I also did too. So that's how I know we were part of the same uh, contract there. But um the thing with your hair and why you're so attached to it is because of her lineage and how they view hair and it's a spiritual thing. So when you mm -hmm. had to cut it, it was like all of that from your past self and how, you know, your past life viewed hair. That's why it was kind of upsetting. That's what she yeah. just told me. Yeah, I didn't. It, it was like when I cut my hair, it was like I was cutting off my past self mm -hmm. because I had grown my hair out since before the pandemic started and I had only cut off like maybe five inches if that and my hair I could almost sit on my hair and as much as I like to have my hair cut the way it is now and I really enjoy it it was very hard like I didn't cry I <laughs> thought about it but it was like it it cut off it, it was a transformation in a way like but it was hard it was like a transformative uh, thing. Like I'm no longer who I am. I'm moving on to be, you know, this person and all that. But at the same time, it was really hard and I don't like, I don't like it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that makes sense what you're saying. And, and you know what? She had really long hair too, up to I her butt. I see her butt. with long hair. Yep. With straight, like yep. thick, silky mm -hmm. black hair. And it goes down it. to her back. Yep. Or down to her butt. I see it. Yeah. I, I also see her in um, kind of like that tan yep. color. And she does have jewelry and stuff yep. on. And she sometimes has this thing on her head. And I, like when she does things where her hair gets in her way, she uses that. It almost looks like a little, um, I don't know what they're called. But it's almost like a fabric hat thing. But you can also use it to hold your hair back when you're mm, okay. doing things but I see it on her head and then I see her wearing like um leathery or animal skin like um outfits and stuff but yeah she likes her definitely. one outfit that she uses I but. see her in the same kind of stuff so we mean you haven't talked about this either completely mm -hmm. like we talked a little bit about it but yeah I see her the same way too and I see her a younger version of her as well and you just said something, though, too, that reminded me. I think she's helping me, too. This is an epiphany having live folks. Mm -hmm. I think she's also the one that creatively helps me design my jewelry. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I think she's helping me with my jewelry, too, because when I do, like, stuff for Treasure Tree, um, a lot of the things I created I never thought I could, like, just and they're just they're naturistic I use nature a lot in my jewelry and stuff me and B both do um 
So I find that to be very interesting. And, you know, we were talking about you, you spoke on past lives and that was part, you know, of something I just spoke about as well. Well, it's interesting. You talk about this past life and I, I don't, I don't, I know you have, but I don't see it. But I was thinking as you were talking about our past life or whatever, that we were like fucking badass warriors. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> always kicking ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whether that's valid or not but i'm just saying i saw mm-hmm. us kicking ass and oh that one time you did give me a past life reading when you were doing your um live mm-hmm. it was so crazy because i knew before i had a dream that um i was falling i had fell off a boat and it was daylight so i was falling into like blue ocean water it looked like the ocean i'm assuming i felt like it was the ocean i didn't feel like it was a a pond or anything I felt like I was in the ocean and I was just sinking and falling and I was looking up at the bottom of a boat mm-hmm. and like before I had that dream I I have like I don't know why this is a really weird phobia it's not that I, I am fearful of super deep water like I normally I'll get into like I've been in the ocean but I've never like been out in the middle of the ocean and swam in it and I probably never will now that I'm older but I have like went out to like lakes and stuff and swam in deep water. But like as far as the ocean, I'll go out in the ocean, but I'm not like getting way offshore and going swimming. And I also have a fear of seeing the bottom of a boat. And I didn't know why. Well, it, it like dawned on me that I'm pretty sure. And I was a man too in this past life. And you did that reading for me and it like hit on like water. It hit like on fishing. It hit on like a bunch of stuff. And I wanted to share that experience real quick since we're talking about past lives Mm -hmm. and that past life way I passed away come into this life as a fear. So it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I had a past life and I don't know if it was Middle East or India but I was a man <laughs> right? and I remember going on this journey to what looked like um, this cavern area. It's like I had to go in it and it was like stone housing, kind of like how they have in the Middle East. It's like when you go in this cave, you have rooms and stuff and it was so neat. But I remember getting killed by, I don't know if if it was an emperor or some kind of like king figure, but I I remember that. But I also think it's funny because I have multiple past lives where I'm a male and a female, and I always never know how I want my hair, if I want it short or long. And so (laughs) talking about yours made me remember that. That's interesting. I don't, you know, that's the only past life that I can really think about that I've I mean I don't I would like to do some past life regression work and I would like to find a medium that specializes in past life too I mean I know me and you and mm-hmm. other people you know would be capable of doing it but I want to find somebody that like really like yeah is into the past life stuff that'd be really fun to do my friend day. does it she did mine oh that's right that's right and you need to hook me up with her yeah I will <laughs> that would be cool so yeah I want to just to say those little um uh, little statements there about the ancestral stuff and past life stuff and give y'all some of our experiences if y'all have any experiences you want to share write us feel free to write us because we are looking for people again that want to tell their origin story you know that's a shameless uh, not quite a shameless plug but just a reminder hey all right so um with our ancestors as well it's interesting for for me like being a medium 
I can connect generally with family members associated with my clients. So I connect with their ancestral guides a lot. And I had that realization too, because obviously I'm connecting with their family members, but I think that their family ancestral guides step forward first a lot of the times. Truly, I, I mean, it's very interesting. And a spirit ancestral spirit guides uh, can uh, help heal family wounds and they can help with breaking like family curses and things that are referred to as like blood curses. So sometimes like people in their astrological chart, they have things called a yod and it's kind of a rare thing to have. It's between three planetary bodies and it's a certain configuration. And if you have one of those in your chart, you may be responsible within your lifetime of breaking like a family curse so to speak or like a just something that keeps reoccurring like let's just use this is a negative one like alcoholism like you might be up to you in that lifetime to break that family pattern and you actually are responsible this is coming in now you're actually responsible for shifting your whole entire spiritual family's vibration so it's up to you in your lifetime to be able to ascend your soul family and it's not ultimately, you know, up to you, but your action will actually help your soul family ascend among the actions of others. And it's common for sisters and brothers to also have yods in their chart. So for me, I have a yod in my chart. And I didn't, this is one thing I learned. My brother and sister also have a yod in their chart and their twinsies. So, um, it's very interesting that they also have it too. And I can say for me and my brother and my sister, we have actually shifted like the family energy already. Um, so I find that to be very fascinating too. Um, it's just something like, I'm not going to go into detail, but just certain things and certain ways things were done in my family on both sides, we've been able to kind of break certain things. So it's really really cool. And since I've talked a lot about the soul family, we'll just do a little bit more information on that as well as part of the interweb spirit guides. So basically your soul family is the whole picture, the whole picture of like the purpose and everything y'all function together. Your higher self and ancestors are all a part of your soul family. And it's a mix of all different types of people. And you were born into multiple lives with these folks. Some people even say, uh, some people even stay in spirit, you know, so not all your soul family will be present here, you know, at this time in your life, but a lot of them will. And they can even be like your own children or a brother and sister. Like my soul family is the people you were born in this life with, but it's also your friends. Like Emily was talking about before, um, like having a past life together, because even mine and Emily's astrological chart lines up even with like lights at midnight, because not only in astrology, because I'm bringing a little astrology in here as well, because it that sometimes has a lot to do with stuff like this as well, and finding your higher spiritual purpose. Um, we did a chart for lights at midnight, 
it's on its birth date. We set a birth date for Lights at Midnight, and lo and behold, it adds up. And then when you put, like, the synastry chart between me and Emily and Lights at Midnight, it was, like, fated for us to do this, which I find it to be very cool because y'all know that I do a little astrology on the side. It's like a side hustle, but anyways. <laughs> These uh, people can be your friends, your partners, family members, like I was saying. Your, you know, just even people that you might meet for a very short amount of time but make a large impact on your life they can be a part of your spiritual family because they can shift your whole life and sometimes that can even be like a bad breakup or somebody you fell in love with madly or y'all fell in mad love but like it ended just as soon as it began that can still be somebody that you agreed to go through that with so your soul learns and like you know expands um do the interaction you interact basically as a team here on earth and learn lessons that your soul wants to experience while you're here like i was saying and you basically just decide to grow together and yeah these people help you achieve your spiritual goals and satisfy your divine plan so you want to think about them as like your spiritual family tree and that pretty much covers soul familia and in your the last thing that we're covering that's kind of in your inner web of spirit guides is spiritual comrades and emily actually has some more information about this for you guys before we move on into the outer web of spiritual guides so emily yeah so spiritual comrades or spirit comrades so from personal experiences, I define spirit comrades or spiritual comrades as a partnership between two or more sentient beings on equal ground, similar level, or have much needed learning to do. They help one another learn lessons, guides, protects, and or heals the other or others using their personalized knowledge. These beings can be dead or alive and take the form of humans and non-humans. They can be a friend you talk to every day in the waking world or earth plane, but during astral time, they are fighting and learning alongside with you. Typically, these beings haven't reached spirit guide status yet or are brand new to it. Most importantly, there is a mutual understanding between parties and immense trust to have one another's back. So I just wanted to give my experiences with this because I have a lot. But so I'm going to talk about one of my spiritual or spirit comrades here. So oftentimes when I'm on the astral realm during sleep mode or meditation, I find myself going on missions with other people. Sometimes it is with people I know or complete strangers. I had made a friend with a spirit guy who in my firm belief passed away around my age, but I never got around to learning how. I learned what his name was, but I'm not going to say what it is for privacy reasons. But we made an agreement to learn astral things together. Like, I would teach him what I knew about astral combat, and he would show me the ins and outs of the astral realm, among other useful things that helped me grow spiritually. His way of showing me that I could trust him was by showing me his childhood and what it was like and how he grew up to be a decent person only for his life to end early, and it was sad. He admits that he's okay where he's at, but wanted to learn as many skills as possible 
So this is where we made this agreement. Our first experience after this agreement was a training session where I put a weapon in his hand and told him to attack me. He looked dumbfounded and nervous. At first, he was reluctant to fight me, but eventually he grew comfortable enough to where he was able to. The spirit was a quick learner and we were able to have a decent fight. Of course, midway through, I got spiritually attacked. A negative entity was trying to interfere and get into my head to get me to do violent things. And I'll just leave it at that. While fighting it off, I dropped to my knees and the spirit dude I was training with went to see if I was okay. At that time, my guides helped me get through it and I was fine again. The second experience... I had with him we were put in this massive cage in this rusty orange desert and I believe I've talked about this on my YouTube channel and maybe on here I forget but on the outside of the cage was this massive creature thing and um it's also in the teal swan deck but of course I forget what it's called but I remember it being aggressive black and white and walked on all fours almost like a gorilla and how its body is somewhat arched in the front it had massive sharp teeth and kept trying to get at us my guides put us there to teach us about other spirits that are out there on the astral and while it was somewhat scary at first it was pretty lit <laughs> and <laughs> Um, from time to time, we will go out on these missions and training experiences where we will be fighting and learning together. And then Chas can be considered a spiritual comrade because we find ourselves learning together on the Astro Realm from time to time, working on missions and such, or just like learning lessons. Same can right. be said about some of our other friends as well. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, that's part of like you know a spiritual purpose it's like lights at midnight there's more of a purpose to this than just you know it's not about just money there's no you know it's not money involved it's more like it's a passion and we want to help people and we have had these experiences and we want to share these experiences with you guys because there's a lot of people that don't really have anybody to relate to so it's all part of learning and mm -hmm. it's just it's part of how we're all connected and that's where you know the spiritual comrades come in in my opinion yeah yeah it's very very neat how we're all just even people you don't know you're connected to like i was thinking today like my mind has been kind of scattered and you know i was thinking i'm like wow i'm normally not i'm normally not a daytime person and i think i know why now because there's just so much going on around me during the day and if you think about it if everybody's around you up you have neighbors and everybody's moving and doing and going and i'm sensitive to vibrations and waves and stuff around me it's kind of made my brain kind of scattered and i know that sounds really strange but it's one of the conclusions that i came to today i don't know it's just something interesting and i go out in public sometimes it's the same way i'll pick up on stuff but i don't know it's just been kind of strange today with that and normally i'm up at night when everybody around me is asleep not neat not necessarily in my house but just like my surroundings because i'm sensitive to environmental changes pressure changes and all that kind of stuff but it's just a part of experiencing the oneness <laughs> i know that sounds weird but it's just something i wanted to add in there i just realized in that experience with Kristen about the dark haired the two dark haired dudes the one was my god i just realized that <laughs> which is funny because he was the one leading us 
Right. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So the one that I was thinking, like they were like kind of guarding, guided. They, I mean, he was literally guiding you. Yeah. And there was one in the back. So that's like a, like yeah. going on a tour guide. <laughs> yeah. And Kristen, we can consider a spiritual or spirit comrade as well. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, that pretty much concludes the interweb. So I guess we're going to go ahead and move on to the outer, what we are considering the outer web. So Emily, would you like to discuss some outer web, outer web spirit guides? Absolutely. All right. So I decided to break down spirit guide types just to make it easier to follow along with. And so the first one I have to start with is human spirit guides, dead or alive. Deceased human spirits can be given the opportunity to become spirit guides. They are typically taught by other benevolent beings such as, but are not limited to, angels, ascended masters, etc. Usually someone with immense spiritual and high frequency abilities. Ideally, these spirits have passed through the light after passing because doing so will allow beings to reach a certain level of enlightenment, understanding, and abilities that those who have not crossed over will not experience. However, there are some rare exceptions, of course, so just keep that in mind. I feel there are times where some earthbound spirits will genuinely want to help a person by guiding them and protecting them as much as they can, such as like if you have a mother or father that passed away, of course they're going to want to, you know, keep tabs on their children and want to protect them, but... They soon learn they are limited in the help they can provide due to not crossing over. Don't get me wrong, they can still help, but it won't be as potent as a being from the light. Some Ascended Masters can fall into this category as well, because, you know, some Ascended Masters are human. As for Alive Spirit Guides, these can be people you know or a complete stranger. They can be spiritual mentors other star seeds, gurus, family and friends, etc. My experience, so I have multiple human spirit guides and most of them are past relatives. One is my aunt and the other is my great grandmother on my mom's side. My aunt usually comes around when I face bad health issues and she spreads her love and support along with some guidance. As for my great-grandmother, she comes in and helps protect me from negative things while also guiding me on some other stuff here and there. Um, did your did your aunt have some of the similar health issues that you did? Yep, and some of the ones that I'm currently dealing with. I was just told that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. Yep, or doodle. And then now we're going to be moving into plant spirit guides. So... When it comes to plant spirits and spirit guides, they can fall under multiple categories such as elementals, but for the sake of this episode, we decided to keep the two separate. There are plant spirits that are called divas. I hope I'm saying that right, but it's spelled D-E-V-A-S or an angelic-like benevolent being that keeps watch over particular plant and animal species. They can appear as any organism, and their role is similar to what it does in its natural environment or ecosystem. There is an article I found written by John Payne called 
divas and divic kingdoms channeling omni that says life on your planet could not exist without divas they are the very glue that holds physical manifestation together the angelic kingdom which includes the devic kingdoms is the point of manifestation these beings which can be in your terms extremely vast in nature or minuscule they are the point of manifestation for they form the bridge between non-physical and physical, between form and formless. It is the same with a blade of grass, the same principle, and the same process. For each blade of grass, for each flower, there is a being of angelic substance that holds the image of that expression within its mind. In doing so, it directs energy towards formation, every object in your physical universe. When looked at close up, and is not physical at all. It is simply a collection of atoms, molecules, and subatomic particles that are held together in an energy field creating the form. That energy field, that cohesiveness, is a result of directed thought. So I wanted to include this because I vibed with that a lot, and I just, it was more like an aha moment for me and it is something I also fully believe. Yeah, and it um has it really makes me think about mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> it really makes me think about how like the is it my sebum my sebum is connecting in the like mushrooms they all are connected to like this big web and they even communicate and connect with like trees and other plants and if the mycelium i think that's it mycelium um didn't exist it would like kill a bunch of other plants mm -hmm. but one of the interesting things though is about psilocybin psilocybin mushrooms is is you can have a spiritual ass experience and receive downloads and stuff from spirit so not only can they be like spiritual gods in like a sentient way they can be spirit guides through giving you a spiritual experience. Dun, dun, dun. And, you know, I also saw this as, like, these beings as being a bridge. Yeah. It very much is like that if you've ever had a experience of such. And people do the different ceremonies and, you know, everything with plants. So as we're here on Earth, they are able to bridge us to the other side. Um, those experiences, if you've never had them and you want to do them, you always want to do that safely. I do not encourage the use of illegal items, but I'm just saying if you were to ever come across and encounter them, they are a bridge. <laughs> to the spiritual side and it it's so much deeper than that really it really really mm -hmm. is but I think they work that way too I just wanted to say that because and you know, with the whole things of being interconnected it's almost like when you have your inner web of your higher self and stuff it's like because we're so interconnected with the bridge of these spirits you're getting all the information that they learned yeah and different ways and stuff mm -hmm. you experience things and it's just 
is part of the whole oneness thing. And, you know, a uh, psilocybin experience will help you feel the oneness of the universe faster than you ever could get there with just meditation. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Drops my... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Divas are found everywhere and are fairly evenly distributed around the globe. There are divas of differing kinds, just as there are different animal and plant species and different specializations amongst humans. It is also so with divas. The highest concentrations are to be found in the rainforest, mountain ranges, as also in the city parks and gardens. The high concentrations found in city parks and gardens are serving a twofold purpose. Firstly, their primary objective is to serve the greater good of the park itself and each individual organism in that park, and they are also there to transmutate or transmute and transform heavier energies often present in cities into higher energies that are more easily integrated by city inhabitants. For this reason, Parks have become a place of refuge, peace, tranquility, and healing for many city dwellers. You will also find divas in large quantities inhabiting balcony and roof gardens and small plots. Although the primary service of a diva is to the plant kingdom in these contexts, there is the added dimension of service to the human beings in this environment. Divas do not have it within their consciousness to abandon they are servers by nature, and their nature is to serve. What humans can learn from divas is that a diva carries out its tasks diligently and with enthusiasm, and a diva never carries out a task that does not fill it with joy. In other words, divas do what they love to do. They don't abandon worlds. They love them into existence, and they love them into fruition. Even in your most highly polluted regions, those areas that have high levels of toxic waste and nuclear waste, divas are busily working to uphold the integrity of life. However, do not assume that toxic, toxic waste is a negative condition that burdens the divas unreasonably. Divas, like yourselves, create their own reality and choose on a higher level to participate in this reality. Like you, they choose experience and they choose what they wish to learn. You know what that made me think of? Hmm. Chernobyl. Yep. That's exactly it. Because people can't, you can't, like when that happened, they couldn't exist. People cannot exist. But somehow the trees, like the red forest, I mean, I'm sure it killed a lot of stuff, but the plants just flourish and grow. And so that really made me think of like places like that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. These spirits can be great teachers and can offer us a lot of wisdom and knowledge, using its natural roles and specialties as a way to teach us these lessons. They often work together with your guides and soul and work on your chakras and meridians. Whenever you ask for healing, divas are dispatched to carry out the fine work. They can weave in and out of your chakras, transforming denser energies and integrating higher much lighter energies. You may call upon them in meditation. Some are as small as a pinhead. Others are as large as a tall building, vast in size and in consciousness. They are everywhere. So when I read that, it made me think, I'm going to start asking my tree spirit guy or spirit guide. He is a guy, but spirit guide to see if he can work 
through my chakras and see if I can get them cleansed that way because getting to a Reiki healer here is difficult because some of them are really shady. Right. I understand. Mm -hmm. It's a fair thing. You can, you know, you can ask for one thing that we haven't covered so far, which Emily might get into is like, you know, they just don't happen. Like spirit guides don't always just happen. You can actually ask to have another spirit guide. So Mm -hmm. that's fair. Yepers. The greatest service that you as a human can offer them is your gratitude. Simply acknowledge that they are there and thank them for their presence. When you buy plants for your gardens, terraces, home, or roof gardens, sit quietly and invite the divas into your garden or home. They are partial to quartz crystal, so you may want to place a few fairly large and clear pieces in and around your garden. For those of you who live in the wilderness, this is not necessary for there are sufficient pure minerals and crystals present for them to enjoy. And you know what's really interesting? I did this automatically and I didn't know why. (laughs) Putting like your crystals in your plants and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I love doing that. Mm -hmm. I love doing it. And I mean, that's not something I do it often with jewelry, but like the plants are dead. Oh my God. That's awful. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, they are. They're like dried out plants. Mm -hmm. Like I pick them and stuff, but see, you know, that leads me into, and I'm not saying this in a way, but the difference between, as I'm listening to you, Mm -hmm. I'm sitting here like getting insight the difference between the human experience and then the fanta and the flora is the fanta and the flora know their purpose already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they already know that 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 they are here for a reason. They know what purpose they serve and they function towards that purpose in like unison. And as humans, like we don't we do, but in a way we don't. It's really interesting if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to start working more with plant divas and my spirit, my plant spirit guide because I feel like because I'm mostly of earth, um, yeah. it'll help with my issues. I, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I've, I'm, you know, I've talked to a couple other people, like a client today, and she's also interested in getting into like herbalism. This isn't like technically God related, but I think there's more people like wanting to get more into the herb thing and like learn about how they can help you and stuff. Because even herbs, this is another point, a valid point is like herbs themselves, the plant themselves actually heal our body too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they have different medicinal medicinal properties just like we were talking about Mm -hmm. earlier so you know plants are a very beautiful part you know and even trees like I'm fascinated with the tree thing because you know I named my jewelry business treasure tree and company well trees are nothing more than just like a reflection to humans in a way too though because we breathe out what they breathe in there is so many correlations between a human being and a tree you wouldn't even you know mm-hmm. think about it that it's just a beautiful thing yeah so now I'm gonna get into my experience so technically I don't have many experiences when it comes to plant spirit guides but I do know that I have a spirit guide that is a tree diva we <laughs> this guide helps got them divas in your life girl mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this guide helps me become grounded to nature and always recommends that I spend more time in nature to absorb the benefits of the energy that surround the area. 
He also pushes me to go after more herbal remedies and is the one that told me how I need to start planning ahead by learning about herbs and natural remedies and start making them for myself because in the near distant future, there's going to be shortages in basic and common medications. Not to mention, my body has a habit of reacting badly to medications that my doctors give me. Plus, when growing up, when I got sick, I would need a lot of antibiotics and down the road, my body started absorbing them incorrectly and eventually grew bacteria that wiped out all my natural enzymes that allow me to break down certain foods like meat, poultry, dairy, basically things that come from animals. That's awful. Mm-hmm. That's awful how that happened. And that's something, what you just said is very important for people to really stop and resonate with. Quit taking antibiotics for every single time that your doctor says you need them when you know you need them take them because emily is a prime example of over antibioticing somebody Mm -hmm. and your spiritual comrade also agrees and validated you with that information too because i feel very strongly about the things you just said like i'm trying to be funny when i say Mm -hmm. spiritual comrade but i really like resonate with what you said Mm -hmm. about the herbalism and what you're needing to do and i think there's a lot of other people in your position so that's yep. just really, you know, really important. Mr. Tree Guy knows what's up. <laughs> yeah, I might, me and Tree Guy might be having conversations, I swear, because like I really, he might be the one that's communicating with me too when I get some information about you. I just thought about that mm-hmm. because health wise and stuff, like you, yeah, it's, it's really smart right now to mm-hmm. really start to learn different ways. Yeah. To take care of yourself outside of going to the store and getting Tylenol to reduce your fever. Mm -hmm. Side tangent though, like just working on this podcast and doing this research has made me grow and be able to communicate with my guides in a level that I hadn't done before. So that's awesome. And you know what? That's in the freaking fracking lights at midnight's natal chart. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) It talks about it, and even with my like mine and your uh, sinistry, not obviously not like we're, we're not together. We're friends. We're not in a relationship. <laughs> sinistry, just to make sure everybody knows that that if you can't listen before if I say that, but just like as our friendship, it even talks about um, you growing on your journey with lights at midnight and our friendship too. I think it's really cool. Mm-hmm. For sure. So then back to the food. So if I eat those foods. Um, yeah, I'll be in severe pain and we'll have to go to the hospital and it's a horrible, horrible, horrible pain and it sucks. And I spent most of my childhood having to go through that and not knowing why. (laughs) That's so, I'm sorry. I still feel awful for you, but you know, it's crazy. Like not, not everybody goes through that experience, Mm -hmm. you know, that takes it like you, you have kind of a rare thing that's going on in a way, but I think there's more and more people starting to suffer from it because of the over, antibioticing yeah because imagine going to disneyland and then you know you go to the restaurant get the food and then you're in the bathroom for two hours oh no part of your day goes by and now you miss part of what you had to do or be have fun with your family and everyone's upset and it sucks yeah and there's a lot more people that are trying to do it naturally Mm -hmm. which is sometimes more appropriate than not but sometimes like people that have tried to do things naturally end up not having a good result so there's always what outweighs what but anyways yeah Yeah, I lost almost half my friends if not all of my friends and potential friends because of this bullshit so (laughs) 
Yeah, and it's, you know, a lot of people suffer with hell, especially, um, I probably mentioned this before, but just briefly, people that have psychic abilities and mediumship abilities, I have yet to meet one person that is a psychic medium that doesn't have some type of health problem that it can potentially be debilitating mm -hmm. or affects their life greatly in certain ways. It might not be greatly as a completely disabled but most people that are psychic mediums actually have some type of physical ailment or something wrong with their body. If you are a psychic medium and you don't, just say, just let me know because I have yet to meet one. <laughs> mm -hmm. It'd be good to have like a little analytical chart thing to analyze to see like what the yep. patterns are between psychic mediums. Yeah, there. I mean, that's kind of, I haven't been doing it like super analytically, you know, me and mm -hmm. my creative brain. I was just trying to make a reference back to earlier, yeah. but I have been keeping tally. Like I truly have. And I even ask people when I meet them, even if they're not like professionally doing it, if they're just, you know, they're doing it. Most of them have something going on with something. Mm -hmm. But anyways. All right. So a while back, maybe a few months ago, I had bought a basil plant for my windowsill, but also to cook with. And not long after, I met the spirit associated with that plant. It was a young-looking female, which was a bit smaller than me, maybe about four foot ten, four foot eleven in height. She had short, she had a short blonde pixie cut, a skinny body frame, and gave me Tinkerbell vibes, but not as sassy. <laughs> she was cute though. She was there to help block any psychic attacks that I was receiving. Well, one day I had a major astral attack. And the plant took a big hit from it, shielding me from the toxic energies from the attack and killed it. And I will be forever grateful for it, but it made me sad. But I learned from Veronique that basil is a protective plant. So I found that very interesting. And then we're going to be moving on to spirit animal guides and totems. Animal spirit guides or spirit animals are animal spirits that come into your life in order to teach you lessons using their own special skills unique to their nature to aid in your spiritual growth. You do not choose your spirit animal, it chooses you. Do not let your animal prejudice blind you to any messages. So like, for example, let's say you hate spiders and they freak you out. Well, just because it's a spider doesn't mean it doesn't have any wisdom to share. So always keep an open mind. And do not try to force your spirit animal to show itself because they will only come when it is the perfect time when you are ready to accept them and their wisdom. Now, a totem animal is an animal spirit that you call upon or invoke. Some Native American cultures explains them as something a person can embody for strength, courage, and wisdom. They can serve as a protector with special powers and survival skills. Many cultures perceive groups and clans to be united by a common ancestor or founder, which is often an animal spirit, and then becomes that group or clan's totem. Usually, these totems are the animals that are local to the area and have a unique relationship to that tribe and heritage. The spiritual powers of each totem assist the clan to carry out special duties and responsibilities within the tribe in accordance with the attributes of the totem. As for my experiences, from my understanding, I firmly believe that I have or had a snake spirit guide because from an early age, 
I've been extremely drawn to snakes. Also for a while and periodically, Shiva is one of my main spirit guides that helps guide me in the spiritual growth and um, combat. I just found it very interesting because while I was learning about snakes, I found that he is also known as, um, and sorry if I pronounce this wrong, but the Nageshwar, meaning Lord of the Snakes. So he does have a snake named Visuki that accompanies him too. But during one of the missions he had me do, he had me meet the king of the Nagas and give him a special weapon. This weapon was unlike anything I had ever seen before. It was a sword that was also a whip, otherwise known as an Urumi, which I didn't know what the hell that was. I literally typed in sword whip thing and that's what it came up as and I looked at the picture and it was exactly it and I was fucking flabbergasted because it validated what I saw well I'm gonna validate you and saying in that second time that we did like an interview on your YouTube channel Mm -hmm. and you had that experience at the hotel that you spoke about as one of your scariest experiences in one of our like second episode I believe um yeah I saw it Mm-hmm. I saw it like go with because you I had called Shiva in for you and I don't I've never worked with Shiva or anything and I saw him like floating in air with his legs crossed at this point I didn't know anything about it and I'm like Emily had like this whip thing you're like yeah it's a, and I'm like oh so I remember I remember that mm-hmm. <laughs> and when I was designing my one tattoo I have a snake on it like oh, yeah. I was very drawn to making sure I had a snake like it was so weird but that's interesting because the client that I had today um she actually resonates with that too and it's representative of feminine energy not just like Adam and Eve and the apple story mm-hmm. or representing you know Lucifer there's also another or Satan there's another you know thing for it and the serpent also represents the woman and like feminine energy and stuff and she had an experience one time um in a vision quest thing she had of um a certain goddess and transforming her and stuff and they and it was a snake so it was very interesting i don't i can't give out too much information well I don't have permission but i'm just saying another t- woman had it <laughs> let me tell you something so when i was looking up what snakes represent they also represent birth and rebirth yeah transformation yeah they're very transformative so basically the circle of life the circle of life yep sorry all right so from what i remember the naga beings had the body of a snake in the torso and head of a man so it was like from waist down it was all snake and then waist up was man like man body i'm gonna freak the fuck out yeah if i saw something yeah i love snakes dude i was like oh lit this is so cool (laughs) yeah but like me seeing a guide that has like half snake half person i'm gonna automatically probably freak out well he wasn't a well the naga isn't my guide it was just part of the mission okay i got you but still i'm going personally i'm like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) i'm not really like i'm not really scared of snakes like that Mm -hmm. i'll um if it's a domesticated snake normally i'll hold it if it's not like too too big Mm -hmm. but if i'm out so I don't see like a black snake. I'm not freaking out or nothing. But if it's a ven- venomous snake, it might be different. So I don't know. But 
I'm just saying, like, for me, it's going to freak me out. I think because maybe I've run into, like, snake entities that are not nice. So I'm automatically going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm going to get into that, too. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. So from what I remember, their hair was black and tied up into a bun with, like, it was like a half bun and then the rest of their hair was down and it was really long and pretty. And, um... Yeah, their snake bodies were red and gold with their their scales glistening in the light. They wore gold accessories on their arms, wrists, and neck along with a gold ornament that secured the bun in their hair. Now, the thing I wanted to say about snakes, um, why I firmly believe I had or have a snake guide, um, my perception or being the, the ability of picking up snake entities is really right. easy is really easy right now that makes sense though i'm sitting here thinking, <laughs> i'm sitting here thinking though i'm like i start to see some glistening ass twilight snake and i want to chop its head off no I, i'm just saying it's freaking me out i don't know why it's making me laugh but it's like glistening like twilight oh my i'm fucked up and killed the killed the prince of something somewhere and then yeah i'm in a lot of trouble anyways <laughs> uh chastity 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 <laughs> just say it uh, okay but the thing with the our pets and whatnot it's like i see my deceased animals from time to time like they visit me even though i'm in a different house I'll have ashram experiences, like the one she died traumatically, and she'll visit me and be like, I'm okay, like, you can heal from that experience, like, everything's good, I'm in a happy place kind of situation. Yeah, because they become so close to us, because they're mm -hmm. like, you know, they're meant to guide us here in life, and, you know, even in spirit, it's just a beautiful thing, and a, like a relationship between you and your dog, you and your cat, or any mm -hmm. pet, so a lot of people get super attached to them naturally, because mm -hmm. they're literally like our spiritual companions, except they don't have, um, they don't have ego, like us, this part of, like, they know their place and their role in life a lot of well... times, they have they have personality <laughs> yeah he has personality but not so much of like ego because he's constantly connected to the spiritual sense he feels mm -hmm. vibrations and stuff's what i mean so they have personality but i don't think they have like ego ego like people so i don't know maybe that's just me all right so one other thing i want to throw in there that i just remembered so remember about the dreams i was telling you about the little blonde haired boy but it was like standing next to ghost i just figured out what it was i think i know where you're going but go ahead <laughs> so back before my surgery and even months after i had my surgery i kept having dreams about having a baby like a baby boy oh uh-huh and i think with our soul family and contract um in this lifetime he is ghost yeah i had a feeling you were going to say something like that or like it the little boy was ghost because you know everything like maybe you were you were meant to have that connection in this mm -hmm. lifetime and if it's not coming in one way it's going to come in another mm -hmm. and i always call him my i always called call ghost my child yeah always and i talk to him like a child i don't talk to him like he's a dog like how you have these annoying people that would be like me, 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 me. 
Like, yeah. I talk to him like a person. But people do that to their kids, though, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. They'll talk to them like, good, 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 good. Don't talk yeah. to your baby like that because then it won't learn to talk, but people still do it. Mm-hmm. So I feel you. Yeah. He talks back, though. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> He'll be like, Ghostals is more popping than we are on TikTok. I know. T- Ghostals is more viral on social media than we are. I know. How's it feel? Just, to get I, we beat need to grow some a- fur. <laughs> How does it feel to get beat by a dog? It's all right. It's It's all good. It's fine. They like gel videos, too. Mm -hmm. I had my only viral video. Well, I've had a, a, I'd say semi-viral video was a gel video. It got one million almost views. And I can get like seven on my other TikTok. So if you're not going to jail, if you don't have fur, you're not making it on TikTok. Anyways. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't really know if I have. I'm a not... spirit animal or, or like an animal yeah. that I can relate to. But I will say that I do have a certain type of connection to animals. I feel like I can telepathically kind of communicate with them in a way or I can feel them. So I do have a connection to animals here in the present. And I have seen my past past on animals occasionally. Sometimes I feel like my past on cat um, sitting at the end of the bed. Or I have seen um, another cat I had for a long time. I'll see him outside every, I'll see Fred outside every once in a while. So I think they still hang around us too. Like, so even our passed on, yeah, our passed on pets, I think they kind of still chill out and hang out around us. Hey, Lamp fam. Have you been thinking of starting your own podcast venture? If so, consider using Podbean as your one-stop shop for everything podcasting. You can create, record, host, distribute, monetize, and merge your podcasts all from the Podbean mobile app or your desktop setup. Podbean offers a four-tier pricing plan that is sure to fit everyone's podcasting needs, starting with the free basic plan for anyone that signs up with an account. Chas and I currently use the Ultimate Audio Plan that starts at $9.99 a month for a yearly subscription, and it really has been the most valuable tool as new podcasters with minimal equipment. Honestly, I just use my iPhone and iPhone headphones, and she just used her tablet without her headphones. So it's like, even if you don't have a desktop computer, you know, you could still record from any mobile device. It's awesome, and it still sounds great. Use our link in the show's description box below or visit www.podbean.com lamp. That's L-A-M-P to start your podcasting journey. By using this link, you will receive one month of Podbean's ultimate plan for free. You won't regret it. As always, thank you for your support. And now back to the show. All right. So the next thing we will be talking about is familiar guides. Depending on the culture, these beings can be any type of spiritual being that assists, guides, protects, and or heals their person. Familiars can take the form of a beloved pet, a totem animal, or even a helpful non-physical entity. Generally, within occultism, such as witchcraft and shamanism, it is a spiritual entity that will appear as a facilitator in the communion of the human, animal, and spirit realms. A shaman or a witch is typically chosen to walk the path and be chosen by a spirit being or deity as their mentor. Most instances, this mentor 
will send forth an animal spirit to guide them or they themselves may take on the form of an animal spirit, sometimes only revealing themselves when they become enlightened to a particular point. In Christianity, they are seen as a demon that obeys and serves a witch. They are usually summoned for this reason. However, while these do exist, they aren't the majority. Black magic users do use this as a practice in some cases. As we all know, Christianity likes to villainize those that do not follow their practices in the way that they want them to, which is why most of the time familiars are not evil or demonic. Same goes for witches. So I just wanted to clarify that because we know the stigma of, you know, for the term witches and familiars. So I just wanted to point that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get into my experience because... I don't have a lot on familiar guides because I feel like there's too much stigma or negative stigma on this. You can't just look it up on the internet. And plus, I wanted to go based off of what I have learned personally. So, my experience. While I am not someone that goes by labels, one could still consider me a witch because of the practices that I do. However, because I feel like I am not well educated in that field, I feel like it would be disrespectful to call myself a witch. Because, you know, you have witches that'll spend lifetime or their lifetime studying the materials and stuff. And technically, I haven't put forth that effort quite yet. So for me to call myself a witch makes me kind of uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. And they also, like, there's a it's a lifestyle. It's like a routine-based thing mm-hmm. as well for them, I believe. Yeah, and I don't want to be disrespectful in any way. So, right. with that said, about a year ago, my spirit guides insisted that I get a dog for protection because of where I live, but also because they would be helpful with the metaphysical things that I do. When I asked my guides, how do I know which dog to pick? They told me straight up that when I see them, I will know. So while I was scrolling on the Animal Rescue app, I come across this cute large white dog named Ghost. When I saw him and saw his name, I knew right away that this was the one. Yeah, there's a dead giveaway. Yeah. His name is Ghost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and strangely, weeks prior, my boyfriend and I were hell-bent on re-watching Game of Thrones and one, and of course... If you know the show, you know the direwolf ghost. Well, my ghost looks just like him, only he isn't as big. But, you know, he's a big, fluffy, white dog that kind of looks like a wolf, you know? He does. He does. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. Not to mention, because I can talk to dead people and see other types of entities, the name ghost was perfect for him. That it was. People probably think you named him that too. No, he came that way. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. But I'm saying people probably think you named him that way mm-hmm. because of his name. <laughs> mm-hmm. But fun fact, he was pre named. And now he's at my door crying. Oh, well. <laughs> yep. So that's a kid. That's like just like a kid. He is my child. He's like, Mom, Mom, Mommy, Mom, Mom, Mom. <laughs> mom. <laughs> I got to shit. Let's go for a walk. We just had one. He wants to do it again. No, he he wants in my room because I locked him out. Oh, yeah. And he knows I'm talking about him, so that 
you know, made him come over. He's like, ghost, ghost, yeah. What, what? He's like, that's me. You want pets? I want pets. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Before officially adopting him, I had an astral realm experience of him in my house. And on the astral realm, he gave me the biggest and cutest hug I've ever received from an animal. When we set up the meeting to go meet ghosts for the first time, I was supposed to go to that person's house and meet them. However, they changed plans last minute and decided that they would come to my house with him. The second they took him off the leash, he plowed into me and gave me the biggest hug and laid down on my lap and it was so precious. (laughs) Of course, he was bigger than me, so it was really funny. But I knew right then and there he was supposed to be my child. (laughs) So then we cut to a few weeks after that. And we've had him for like a month. I've had bad astral attacks while I was on my beanbag chair. And he immediately got me out of it. At first I was shocked and thought maybe it was a coincidence because that has never happened before. But as time progressed I found that I would have some more astral attacks. And each time he would get me out of them. Recently... In the last two weeks, I've had multiple astral realm experiences with him in it. and every single one of them, I had gotten myself into a pickle, but each time, ghosts would come out of nowhere and help me get through it. I've noticed that when he goes into battle, he's bigger, and when he attacks, he has these aqua symbols that glow, and they're so pretty. He himself has bright white light, and so I am convinced that he was sent to me as a protector and my familiar. It's pretty cool, Mm -hmm. the relationship that you have with him. Yeah, we share a lot of things. It's crazy. Yeah, they're meant to be in our lives, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, we we share illnesses and stuff, which is friggy-diggy. For sure. So... I believe now we are getting to the star seeds and extraterrestrials. I believe so as well. Yes. So I have brief information on this. Um, Star seeds are sentient beings whose souls originate from another planet or solar system that can be physical and non-physical. Even though this soul or these souls originate elsewhere, there are many that now inhabit the earth and come across as your everyday human being because they reincarnated as such. They can appear in many different forms, but oftentimes as human-like. Of course, there are still starseeds that inhabit other areas of our solar systems. One great example are the Palladians from the Pallades star system. Their mission is allegedly to assist humanity with the process of spiritual transformation through bringing light and knowledge. And then extraterrestrials are similar in the way that they originate outside of Earth on other planets and, uh, or solar systems. They are also multidimensional and can appear in any way. Now, you know, with the things going on in the news... Some say that they're already here, and I believe, you know, there are some that are here already. So Yeah, and whether that's in a way of physically being here mm-hmm. or energetically being here. Oh, yeah. Well, when it comes to, you know, being on other planes of existence, I've known for a while that they've been here, and they've probably been here just as long as humanity itself, because I've already encountered them on the astral a bunch of times. 
Right, because if they exist, if they have a higher vibrational frequency, there they can be in another dimension, which get a dimension that would give them access to our dimension based on the dimension they're in. Mm-hmm. So they actually are ascending up on the vibratory scale, in my opinion, even compared to like human spirits. Yeah, absolutely. So then technically star seeds can be considered a type of extraterrestrial, especially if they remain outside of the earth's premise. It is my firm belief that these beings have the capability of being spirit guides. Some of them are benevolent light beings that are adamant in helping mankind. Now, as far as my experience, as far as I know, I personally do not have a Palladian spirit guide. However, I have met several clients that do. Collectively, from what I've witnessed, they all have similar traits being that they have long, light hair, usually like a bleach blonde or sometimes white hair, um, blue eyes, light skin. Their aura is very bright, usually consisting of gold and white light. Their energetic vibration, the ones that I've countered anyway, was very high, positive, and loving. They felt very similar to angels and ascended masters, and they just had, like, this wisdom about them that I really appreciated. Yeah. hmm It's uh, interesting because it kind of correlates with the little bit of information that, you know, I would like to share about the guardian angels, angels, archangels, ascended masters, the gods and deities, everything that vibrates at a higher frequency often comes in the form of light Mm -hmm. from what I've read and what I've experienced. So it actually uh, unintentionally, because I haven't like read over your notes, unintentionally backs up what I said uh, Mm -hmm. just before about having a vibrating at a higher frequency and in different dimensions and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's really neat. Yeah. And then the last thing I wanted to touch briefly on were thought forms. So some deities, gods, or creatures can be considered thought forms because it's something a collective consciousness put forward into manifesting. However, what makes them different from poltergeist spirit or poltergeist spirits is that they have evolved enough to become light or benevolent beings. So that's all I wanted to say about thought forms. And that concludes my guides and all that stuff. Awesome. Yeah, there it's it gets really interesting. And I think it, it worked out well to talk about these things in the form of like inner and outer web of spirit gods hmm. to kind of help people differentiate like the difference of the gods that fit in their soul family or spiritual family. Yeah. And the ones that potentially vibe at a different vibration because plants and animals, even though there there are here physically they are also spiritually just like us, but just in different ways. And it's a different frequency. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing goes for, like I was saying, archangels, guardian angels. You know, you they say that you have an angel God. They say that you have a guardian angel. And a guardian angel God basically only shows up in times of like saving your life type times. Mm-hmm. Like I'll, put, I'll give an example because I'm just going to move straight on into the last part of this um basically we're pretty much to the end of the episode besides this so when i was 17 years old 
we had an ice storm and pretty much we were on our way back home and we were we wasn't going very fast he was probably doing like 30 ish 35 but we just hit like a curve a slight curve with a little bit of a downgrade angle going like not straight down the road but from left to right and the back tire started sliding well coming in the other direction was an ambulance and we head on to that ambulance but something happened that I couldn't explain when I was 17 years old I had this like I saw it coming because I mean, it was in slow motion because both vehicles were going slow and we had no control I wasn't driving I was in the passenger my ex-husband was in the driver and right before we hit, I put my hands over my eyes. I had my glasses. I had glasses at the time, which I haven't used actually since. It's interesting. My vision actually got better. But um, I put my hands over my eyes, and all of a sudden, this full, like, energetic bubble just went straight over my body. And I just remember telling my ex-husband about that. And he said, you know what? Me too. Well, I personally think now that that was my guardian angel stepping in because if you would have saw the car, you would assume that somebody could have passed. Um, it was really, it took, I mean, on his side, the whole front end was gone up to the half of the tire wheel. And we did get some, we sustained minor injuries, but nothing bad. I mean, we, on one side of us was a slight hill with a railroad track, and on the other side of us was like a 20-foot drop into some trees, and we were going for those 20-foot, that 20-foot drop in the trees until we hit the ambulance, and it hit it so hard on the driver's side, it spun us around completely in a 360 and threw us back into the other side of the road where there was like a ditch and like a 10-foot to 15 foot heel that was like the platform for the railroad. So that was one of the times I think my guardian angel and his two stepped in to help protect us. We had like an energy barrier. I even kind of now remember seeing light, but those are the times like your guardian angel gods step in. And then angels, um, you know, they're just, they're a little bit different. They'll be around a little bit more frequently. And it is said that they help with like fulfilled blessings and prayers and archangels. I believe they have different, they play different roles in helping us with certain particular things. And, you know, all of these beings are definitely more high vibrational and they're full of light. That's why you see them depicted as light because throughout centuries, people have actually seen seen them that way I personally see them that way when I saw like Archangel Michael he's kind of blurry and comes in like a bunch of bright white light or when I'm in meditation and asking for guidance to connect I instead of seeing like black when I close my eyes and I'm doing this besides the images it goes completely like bright bright white um, they do exist at a higher dimension therefore they are able to uh, communicate with us here on earth but it is important at this time to uh, state that our spirit guides they actually sometimes act as a mediator I don't know if we've actually touched that quite yet because we've talked about a lot but um, if we have I just want to reinstate that fact that 
our spirit guides that are closer to our vibratory frequency, they have the ability to continue to travel up so far. And sometimes they work as a mediator to connect us to even higher vibrational spirits. And a lot of times when it comes to like ascended masters and deities and different gods, it's the same thing for them. But a lot of times ascended masters, gods, and deities are will uh, come if you ask to work with them you know they'll work with you if you know generally you'll get a positive response and a lot of times the difference is is like higher vibrational beings don't expect anything much in return except just positivity and love like you're not having to always to give offerings and if that makes any sense um you don't have to like give your blood you know you don't have to like give you know flowers at an altar to it's nice sometimes to do that and I know a lot of people do that but um and for certain you know saints and stuff like that as well um but it's not you know it's not expected anything in return and that's sometimes the difference between a lower vibrational what can be considered a lower vibrational god versus a higher vibrational or deity or gods or whatever ascended masters um and ascended masters and deities they also for people that have a spiritual path that involves a higher spiritual experience in their lifetime or they work on higher spiritual planes such as spiritual teachers or healers or psychics and stuff a lot of times we are assigned like a higher a higher vibrational spirit as such so we can actually connect and you know shift the perspective of the people around us and humanity in general whether that is on a large scale or a small scale um, and they can, it's said they can travel through all dimensions. And if you go based on like the 11th dimension thing that we had talked about in frequency, uh, on episode nine, it was frequency, duality, and dimensions. Um, they generally, they can help a group of people. So the difference between like your spirit guides and spirit family, they may help a small group of people within that system or like your own personal spirit guides may only be assigned to you but the reason that ascended masters and deities and gods can work with a multiple amount of people is because they exist at a higher vibratory frequency and higher dimension therefore it's it's easy for them to work with a large group of people like people that embody like Christ light and stuff of the such for example so mm -hmm. that's what i just kind of wanted to say about um you know, guardian angels, angels and the angels in general, and then ascended masters and gods and deities and leave it there. Wait, I um, forgot something. What? I forgot to, I forgot to mention that like, let's say you're on a path that might not have been um, predestined and it's something you just wanted to add. So if you want to learn spiritual combat, you can ask for a new spirit guide, like a different spirit guide that can help you with that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's part of it is like your spirit guides and stuff don't, you don't just have to get what you get, you can ask mm -hmm. to work with other gods. Yep. Um, I do it all the I time. Just, right. I understand. I mean, it's different. And see, I something I've never really, I've only really done with like Archangel Michael It's something mm -hmm. I haven't really explored. Mm -hmm. thus far I'm not sure if I ever will I know that sounds strange for doing the type of work that I do um, but it's just something I'm not 
sure about or it's not that I'm weary about it or anything it's just something that I haven't done yet but mm -hmm. maybe I will in the future this is all I was going to talk about with guardian angels and archangels and ascended masters because we're saving the rest of that mm -hmm. um for the next episode I just wanted to give everybody a reminder because a lot of people might be like well why aren't we talking about that well that's why because we don't want to double double cover anything yeah so if you want to go ahead and talk about and uh go for you know to explain your spiritual team go right ahead okay yeah because I wanted to talk about it so like we were saying how you can ask to learn from other guides and stuff I do that a lot a lot a lot but so like for example Shiva Ganesha and Lakshmi are ones that I asked to learn from and I vibe very much with them and then um Archangel Michael Gabriel and Raphael I work with a lot especially Archangel Michael and Gabriel Raphael when it comes to health stuff that's when I'll ask him for assistance and whatnot and then I know I mentioned my great-grandmother and aunt so those are like the family ones that I have and when you were talking about guardian angels I've realized that I've had many like near death, not like I'm dead and then I come back to life, but near death experiences where like I definitely had help from that and there was no way that I could have done that on my own. And I think that's where my um, guardian angel helps me. So like the example, you had a car thing. I also had a car thing where, you know, I was a dumbass college student rushing to college and I was a commuter. And I was speeding up the single lane. And of course, I blanked out or do I wouldn't say dozed off like I was falling asleep, but it was like a blank of you ever like start somewhere driving and then you're like, how did I end up here? Yeah. Yeah. I'd had one of those moments and I was going really fucking fast <laughs> and I almost had a collision with a car and like my hands without even thinking like did the perfect like swerve move and like um fast and furious final destination shit where i was able to maneuver and it was like perfect i'm not that skilled when it comes to like i mean i can drive but when it comes to like shit like that probably not the best <laughs> yeah i can relate to that and to certain other situations throughout life where mm. I just knew what to do. Yep. It just, it just come, it comes to you. And that's a good example because I think we all can relate to something like that. It was like one time I was driving in a parking lot and the sun blinded me and I couldn't see. And like the parking lot's small. I have cars on either side and I had a car incoming. So I had to maneuver without, you know, hitting that car right in front of me. And I couldn't see nothing because it's like, you know, every once in a while you're driving, that sun gets right in your eyes and it just whites out everything that's exactly what happened. And somehow I made it between the oncoming car and both sides of it. And it's, I'm not talking, I'm talking about like a small parking lot at mm -hmm. a post office. So I've had experiences like that as well. Mm -hmm. And speaking with like the sun in your eyes, like when I did tournament ball, um, we would play night games and sometimes, you know, we'd get lost in the lights and I remember, and even in like when it's not nighttime and it's the sun's out, I remember not being able to see in the outfield and just my body knowing what to do and catching a ball behind my back. I've done that before <laughs> a few times. Right. And I remember my coach being like, 
why did you do that? We taught you better. <laughs> but I'm like, did I <laughs> did I catch the ball? Yeah, okay. Well, then shut up. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, <laughs> that just reminds me of like bartending and stuff because I was really good at that. And I would accidentally, I know one time, and this might not be anything related, but I just knocked it a glass off the shelf with my elbow as I was like checking some stuff out on the computer and I literally turned right around and put my arm down without looking and caught that glass like I was so good at bartending I was show I'd show off and shit like that it's just it's <laughs> awesome I remember doing that that's reliving my not too many younger days but yeah and then like another example is like playing I don't know if we were if it was a tournament game again but like I was catching, and this big girl, right, big, I'm only 5'2", this girl was almost 6 foot, she was big, and she was coming into home plate, and she wanted to run me over, well, I don't know if this was instinctual, or, like, help with guides, but, like, without thinking, I caught the ball, and I was able to tag her at her feet, and maneuver in a way to where she would not bulldoze me over and I literally flipped her over my back and she rolled into the backstop and um pretty much lost her pants it was I felt bad but um yeah she she tried to do it because she played dirty and we knew she played dirty and she thought because I was five or I am still five two that she could just run me over and it was weird because I just knew what to do yeah and that just I think that's you know it's just divine timing sometimes mm -hmm. and it just sometimes isn't always the way we think mm -hmm. and then I have a tree spirit guide guy and he shows himself to me as a male with dirty blonde hair blue eyes that's around my age I have a spirit that looks like the Pokemon muck who comes off as a sophisticated British guy <laughs> it's funny I have a girly girl female spirit guide, slightly younger than me, or at least she appears that way, with long, wavy, blonde, like, balayaged hair with the top of her hair, like, dark blonde, and then it flows into a beach blonde. I have a dark-haired male that appears to be my age, who is very stern and likes order and rules, and then ghost as my familiar yeah, I'd definitely say Ghost is your familiar. Mm -hmm. It's like kind of familiar spirit for sure because he's presently living, but he's been, he's part of your soul family. Yeah, exactly. And that pretty much concludes my spirit team. I'm sure there's others, like I've encountered other beings that have helped me, but I think those ones were more like um, just helping me remove energies and stuff, not necessarily guides, if that makes sense, because there are spiritual or spirits that are doctors on the astral realm. Yeah, I encountered your crow god. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about him. Yeah, I've encountered him before in, like, vision, and just, like, vision, not, like, you know, just awake vision, not no astral, mm -hmm. like, full-blown astral experience, but I've encountered him as well. Um, You know, for me, I, I kind of talked about, I've talked about Rocky, which is the, I've only seen him in like the last three months and really known what he was because in times, even in like earthly experiences where there was danger or just when I've had to be in a defensive way, people have backed down from me that I never would think would have backed down from me type thing. And I've, I've always felt, and it sounds weird, but I've always felt like this big, dark, looming shadow, but it's, it's not like a, 
negative thing. And I think that's been rocky because I get, um, I get like, I have very much of a warrior spirit. We'll just leave it at that. And then I talked about my Native American grandmother God that I have definitely connected to. And I understand where that's coming from. As relatives, I know my grandmother that passed away in 2015. She communicates with me through music. And then I have some type of intellectual, like, spirit guide that pops in for my claircognizance. And I don't know if that's my higher self. I do feel like there is a male that's kind of, like, intellectual and intuitive. But as far as that, I mean, I guess you can, could consider Archangel Michael as one of my spirit guides. It's more of a protecting thing. But that's, I don't, I probably, I definitely, I know I have more. But for me, I don't focus, I, I communicate with them, but I don't focus or see as much of what they look like, who they are. I, it's more like we get, how can I say this? We get the job done. Mm -hmm. And that I think for me, that's the most important thing, or it has been if I have to articulate why I don't really have that much to say about them it's more like of a familiar feeling and a uh, not like a familiar but it's a familiar fearing a feeling and energetic vibration and we just all work together somehow so I'm still you know I don't know if I'll ever get to the point to where I know exactly how many ever they are but that's just my perception on it and that's all I that's all I truly know about my spirit gods. Mm -hmm. We just work together and get her done. Get her done. <laughs> and then I, you know, I connect with a lot of spirits in general. I connect with um different types of, you know, spirits for different people and different reasons. Well, guys, I would say that that pretty much wraps up this episode, The Ascended. I think that's appropriately named. So overall, we have talked about what benevolent beings are. We've talked about spirit from a mediumship standpoint and that blanket term meaning. We have discussed spirit guides that we divided up into the inner and outer, basically realms of spirit guides. And, you know, hopefully I've learned some stuff today. I think we've all kind of learned some things. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was pretty cool. I think... You know, it just really brings me back to all of us being connected as one in some way or another and a vision that was gave to me. It's literally like, think of yourself as a big circle on a piece of paper and then you take a line and you draw it to another circle and that could be your mom and it's pretty big and then you draw another one that could be your dad and you have another one that's your brother and sister. And then you start to think about on all the other lines of the people that you know and how close you are to them and then the people that they know. You're drawing lines and circles to people that they know and that web is ever, never ends because in some way, if you think about it that way, everybody knows everybody. 
Does that make sense? That's how spirit showed it to me about how we're all interconnected in like this web. I don't know how else to explain it, but if you even just start with yourself and keep drawing, it's like a family tree and you keep drawing it, but it's with everybody you know. <laughs> it doesn't stop. It's continuous. It never ends as because it's a complete circle because everybody knows everybody in some way, shape, or form. Never ending story. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Now I can't help but think of stranger things now because of that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah all in all uh, we all have spirit guides whether you have 17 20 or just a few you probably have more than you know of mm -hmm. but they support you in your spiritual path and journey no matter what that is because even if you don't resonate with having a spiritual path but if you're listening to this podcast I'm pretty sure you you vibe with that but if you don't mm -hmm. you still have you still have spirit guides even if you don't vibrate with higher ascended beings that we explained you still have spirit guides that are higher ascended because you're here on earth so that's one of the things that made me think about like you know how people that choose to work with what would be considered like shadow beings or lower vib what we consider lower vibrational beings like they still have higher gods in higher ascended places. So I just find that interesting mm -hmm. too. Like a good neighbor lights at midnight are there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, me. It's the monster. monster juice. Yep. Monster juice. And the gushers. That's what she said. Well, as we've said before, the next show's topic is going to be what we would consider the higher and highest vibrational beings, and that would be angels, guardian angels, and archangels, and what deities and gods and ascended masters, and then we're going to do like the hierarchy of angels and stuff of the such. So if you've made it this far, you're a fucking rock star, and yeah, we love you. And this will be out shortly. We're kind of running behind and like we're recording this last minute, but we're going to, we're going to power through this and it's going to be fucking great. Mm -hmm. So. Fuck yeah, man. Yes, sirus. So until next time, next time, peace out. Girl Scout. Boy Scout. Yep. yep. Home slices. Yep. Slice homes. Slice homes. <laughs> Hey, if you have a haunted story you want to share, you can email us at lights at midnight podcast at gmail.com. Get in touch with us there. We'd love to hear from you. We really appreciate y'all uh, hanging around and checking it out. And yeah, thank you so much. We are super excited to bring you some super awesome content. We really appreciate you guys checking us out. Thank you to all that took the time to listen to this week's episode. Your support means the world to us. And remember, all of us have the ability to shine brightly and shed positivity, even in the darkest of places. Stay safe, stay well, and light it up!